You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions podcast. You are not suffering from deja vu. There was an episode up on the site Thursday. We're back, except we got rid of Gills. He's just troublesome. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole, Midnight Carmody, who's now sitting at 2 o'clock, so it's very confusing, from the GPC studios. Gills is at work earning money to put food on the table for all of his children. <laughs> I'd say that Cole's sitting at third base. You're the dealer. Oh, I see yeah, what you, you see did what I, there. Yeah. What are you at, third base or first base? I'm first base because I get the first cards if you're the dealer. But if Even though it's completely backwards from a baseball diamond. If yeah. that's home plate, I'm at first base. It's completely different from a baseball diamond, but that's that's how it's called at the blackjack table. If you're the last to go, you're third base. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense when you think about it as a diamond. It doesn't make any sense. Podcast is over. I got to think about this. <laughs> We're sponsored by The Fridge. Make sure you stop into The Fridge whenever you're in Manhattan. I'm overdue to go into The Fridge. Although, I got to admit, I just loaded up on vodka from somewhere else. But, in my defense, it wasn't another liquor store. It was actually the um, the McCormick store when I was up in Western Missouri. Because they have 360 vodka. And delicious, fruity flavors. And if you know me, I'm a real man who likes fruity-flavored vodka. They have a whole bunch at the fridge, and Kevin knows a whole bunch about vodka. So stop in. No matter what you like, they've got an expert in that area. Wine, beer, champagne. Oh, God. Man. Do you like champagne, Zach? Uh, no. I don't mind it. It's just, I don't know. Cole, you don't seem like a champagne guy. If I saw a bottle of champagne, I'd probably shake it up and try spraying it. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Before drinking it. Okay, Brittany. <laughs> but get into the fridge. I don't know if Brittany Matthews. Not Brittany Matthews. I mean, that is her. Yeah. That is her, her name. name. I got it right. Yep. That is her the legal name. Brittany Matthews Mahomes. How are they? I thought they were married. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Mm. I wanted to do a whole daily delivery on Brian Kelly's dancing. And I thought. No, because I couldn't say I couldn't get through it without saying, "I bet you Jackson Mahomes think you're a bad dancer." Well, just g- first qu- change the questions around when okay. when we get there. And oh my gosh, we first. have it. Yeah, well, let's get going for you with your questions to Wildbass Station. Why am I talking? You folks are on top of it, and folks, this is how it works. Everyone can listen to the podcast unless we did our first VIP podcast, video cast, whatever you want to call it. With Wally and I on signing day, if you're a member, subscriber to Go Powercat, particularly our new ones, welcome to the site. Got lots of them from our new sale. Um, you can watch that. But this one is open to everyone, but only our members can ask the questions. We briefly opened it up to Twitter, and then we realized, why are we doing that? These people don't pay us. Why? They Technically, they could. If they pay us. They could ask us on Twitter. Well, that's just too confusing. Why would they just ask us on the message board? Don't ask me. Boy, we're in the weeds. We are. We're in the weeds. Are you ready for questions? Let's do it. Take it away. Well, since we brought up dancing, it's only right for the first question of the podcast to come from El Camino Cat. Love it. What do you think of the recruit that Brian Ke- – what do you think of the recruit – what do you think the recruit that <laughs> Brian Kelly did the dancing TikTok with committing to – Alabama over LSU. I think it's really should Kleinman do more dancing with recruits. No. Next topic. Look, that is the most cringy thing. And in all seriousness, the only thing that gives me the same level of cringe is whenever a Jackson Mahomes TikTok pops up. 
That guy makes me cringe. He's so awkward and he thinks he's cool and he's not. Same vibe from Coach Kelly. What's he trying to what's Brian Kelly trying to accomplish? Be Seriously. Cool. Be cool. But how is that cool? That's not cool. That's an old guy who thinks he's being cool but isn't. If you were to relate this to K-State terms, I think the only coach that would ever do anything like this would be Bruce Weber. That would be Taylor. I don't know. I think it wouldn't be as cringe with Taylor. I think Taylor could pull it off. I, I think he's too. right. I think Bruce might try to do it. Oh, trying. I mean, yeah, seeing Brian Kelly do it is the exact same persona that I could see Bruce Weber putting off. Yeah. I just think K-State should have recreated the video with Kleiman and like the Texas Bowl trophy and Deuce and just did a dance like that, no, set that up their little studio and just that troll them. That'd be funny. That would have been funny. But no, K-State is that no is fun. Actually- freaking hysterical to put the texas bowl trophy up there and have him like dancing behind it doing the doing eye little thing. eye thing yeah. yeah like he's in freaking quentin tarantino movie if that yeah no that's from a quentin tarantino. oh man it's so awkward but i the best part i went looking for the freeze frame that someone had posted and it truly looks like brian kelly's grinding his you know what into the kid's butt and I'm not sure there wasn't contact made. And if I'm the kid, I'm going to Alabama. Well, that, he did. That second we have contact, even partial porting, I'm out. I'm so, going to Alabama. So did he – I'm wondering if the kid was like – you know, were they like, hey, we're going to do this video music shoot with you and Coach Kelly? Sounds cool. Do you think? Do you think he requested that, or do you think no, no, that they I just think, did that? No, because they took a lot of backlash over the first time that he did that because this isn't the first time he's done that. Well, I don't – I, I think they're just tone deaf. I think they think they're cool, and it's just haters out there. No, this isn't cool. Because if you go check out LSU, and we have experienced LSU fans, this is a different breed. This is truly a different breed. They think it's the coolest thing in the world. I mean, I— If it was Ed Ogeron doing it, you know what? I don't think it'd be as cringe. But it's Brian Kelly. Yeah. It's yeah, Brian the, Kelly. Trying to trying to sell Brian Kelly to— yes. The LSU fan base in the country as LSU's coach, it's, it's not working. It's the same fake Southern accent. Exactly. Yes. It's the same thing. Oh, God, it was awful. He wants to go down and get a fish poor boy. Is that what he said? No, but I can just see him going to like Popeye's or something. Oh, yeah. Could I have a fish poor boy, please? <laughs> poor boy. <Yep. laughs> Put in the, putting I, an R on it. And yes. I, I have nothing against LSU. In fact, I think it would be a really cool place to go to school. It's pretty cool down there. I've been yeah, there. I think it would be incredible to go to school there. But after having one encounter with the fan base and some of the stuff they've said, now granted it's just social media and probably most of their fans are fine. I get all that. But I'm actively hoping Brian Kelly flames out in historic proportions at LSU to the point where two years in they got to fire him. Because it's so bad. But he did have a good recruiting class. Uh, I think that'll stop. But, man. Oh, my. Oh, it's, uh, no. Don't. I'm, I'm not going to be dancing. One thing I won't ever do is dance like that. And see, I, this is a good lesson for you young guys, Cole. When you're dating, you gotta, you got to do things. And that's dancing. But as soon as you get married, you just cut that crap off. No more dancing. I just want K-State to buy one of those cool 360 camera contraptions. Those are cool. See, that's cool. Okay. This gets me into a different topic. And, and, and what you're talking about is right in that. Kansas State needs to – hey, John Curry, all you want. But the veneer complex has a room that was assigned to be the virtual reality room. It's it's right there, and it was intended, and it's, I think it's being used as storage now to trick it out with surround video or video screens where you can put on. You go in this room and feel like you're running out onto the field. Mm -hmm. You don't have to put on the headset. I mean, it's gonna the whole room is the headset. Now it was going to be really expensive, so it got trashed out of the budget. But things like that should be exactly what K State should be doing. That room, you might need to upgrade it, but it never goes anywhere. It doesn't take another job. It doesn't. 
you just keep finding the next cool thing and keep doing it. The barbershop they have right now is pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. That was inexpensive. That's why it got done. But those kind of things that set them off as different are exactly what K-State needs to be doing. They need to be on the front edge. And damn it, quit chasing what everyone else is doing. Oh, everyone's adding more uh, recruiting people. We probably should do that. No, you, you know what? It's, it, it's not a requirement. It's not you should. You have to. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I feel about the transfer portal director. Nobody else is doing it. Do it. Go in with it. And if it doesn't work out right, you just reassign it and change them into something else. But have a person in charge of the transfer portal. You know how many coaches are out there? And I, I whenever I say this, I think a guy like Courtney Messingham, I don't know what Courtney's going to do. He's, he's well-liked among the other coaches. He's, he knows football. He just wasn't a great offensive coordinator. He's so perfect for something like that. Courtney, your job's going to be you're going to watch a lot of football, a lot of film, and you're going to do quickie evaluations on a number of players that pop out at you so that if they go into the portal, we've got some notes on them. We know immediately we're interested. Or the second a kid goes into the portal, then you also go break down all his video. Because, folks, all that video is available. If you want to see, uh, let's say, a receiver from Western Michigan – and what they do on third down, you're a few keystrokes away in the right video system. It's incredible. But someone should be in charge of that. Yep. Immediately. Yep. This is a kid we want. Offer. Bam. Done. And now they're like, well, let's run it through all the analysts and then let's send it on to the position coach and let's send it on to the head coach. And then too late. Too late. You need to figure out how to get on the front side of the wave instead of trying to swim and catch up to it. Next question from TN Cat. Fitz, have you heard from Athletics Director Gene Taylor regarding your daily delivery on head coach Bruce Weber? I think uh, the walk and the talk. Walk and talk. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no. No, I haven't heard anything. I haven't. I mean, eventually someone will say something. Or, yeah. But I, they know me at this point. Your stance has been pretty clear. And I think all of our stances have been pretty clear. Well, to clarify it for the people that think I hate Bruce, no, I hate losing. Exactly, yeah. I like Bruce. I hate where the basketball program's at, and I think we should have the dignity to not accept it because he's a nice guy. It makes me sick that people are like, well, he's a nice guy. He won a couple titles. and Well, okay, great. Your neighbor's a really nice guy. He's watched your dogs when you're on vacation, but he burned down your house yesterday. Do you still like him? You know, do do you still want to live by him? No. So yeah, it, it, no, I haven't heard anything. Some someone will say something eventually, but the fact that I haven't heard anything kind of tells me that I wasn't that far off. I think the whole fan base is kind of to a point where, you know what? Do, do people want K State to succeed? Yes. If if they could win every single game the rest of the year, that's what people want. But I still think if K-State wins every single season, every single game the rest of the year, and they win a national championship, that there is still there, – there probably needs to be a change in voice. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Quite literally with this. Yeah. So I think, I think everybody's starting to be on that page, and those coaches know that they're coaching for their jobs. That's the one thing that I've taken away from no. being around them. They know that, quite honestly, their butt is in the jackpot. They're not getting paid multiple million dollars, by the way, like that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> hey, you know what? My butt got caught in the jackpot. It's from a cool, it's from a famous manager rant. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. No. Is it from uh, Major League? No. So it's Terry Collins and mm-hmm. is when Noah Syndergaard got ejected. Uh, and he's like, yeah, Art is in the jackpot. That's nice. Yeah. I like it. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, I mean, they don't get paid millions of dollars because they're nice guys. In fact, they can be crappy human beings, but if they're winning, schools will accept it and fan bases will accept it. They can be crappy dancers and do cringy videos and fake accents. But if you win, you're okay. If you lose, all that's going to be an issue. I, I don't have a problem with firing head coaches. They're paid to be fired. They get a buyout. To be fired. Hey, you suck at your job. Here's millions of dollars. So, no, I don't feel sorry. Do I feel sorry for the assistant coaches who don't have the buyout who might be on one-year contracts? Yeah. 
But, I mean, that's the profession, too. Those assistant coaches now are all getting paid really well. Now, when you get down the chain a little bit, the basketball ops and the guys that aren't getting wealthy off of or getting comfortable off of. Speaking of which, Drew Sparrow gone to the WAC. I saw that. Well, I didn't. Yeah, that was uh, announced today. He's going to the Western Athletic Conference as the assistant associate commissioner for basketball. Both men's and women's. So he's gone. Good for him. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I was going somewhere else and I just lost it. I'm just I'm I'll say this. If K State was a good program this year and they were winning Wednesday night, that Oklahoma State game, doesn't matter what the weather is. See that's that what, place is bumping. Look that's, at the fan look at the students. That's why I keep you around. That's what I wanted to talk about. Mm. Um well I had a lot of reasons to keep yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, I mentioned it on um, going to the break on my podcast with Gills that the weather here didn't prevent anyone from getting to the game. <laughs> it was cold. It was it, it was uncomfortable to be outside. But the roads were manageable. So I understand if you didn't come from Kansas City, which I get that. It was bad there. It was not bad in Manhattan, Kansas. We thought we were going to have a mini blizzard, and we had – I don't even hear. It wasn't two inches of snow, was it? Uh, yeah, it was at least two. Yeah. Really? I yeah. didn't think it was that much. Um, but, yeah, I, man, there was no problem getting to the game. And then they threw it open, what, to students and faculty? Any student. I don't know about faculty. Faculty was there. Yeah. Okay. I, I know it was any student could get uh, in for free. A certain econ professor hit me up and said, we're here because it was free. Hmm. Yeah. And, but nobody showed up. I mean, that picture of the west side of the stadium after tip-off was just... Of the arena? Yeah. But, Sad and horrible. But the, can we just talk about how awesome the students are, though, for a they minute? They were. They were great. I mean, that's the second biggest crowd, I think, of the year. Maybe Marquette. Maybe maybe was number two. But that was a very good student section. I mean, for what little crowd there was, as far as alumni and fans go, those students more than made up for it. Because that place got loud at the end of the game. And I tweeted this out, but... I, there's two kids that were walking from the dorms and they're wearing their K-State jerseys. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let somebody walk. If you're walking from, Oh my God, they were walking from Marlette, from the Marlette dorms. If you have that kind of dedication to come watch this basketball team, the least you deserve is a ride. Right. So I just turned around and was like, Hey, you guys want a ride? boy. And he's like, yeah, I don't really come to games, but you know, I follow them and they said it was free. So I decided to come out and I was like, that in itself is what makes K-State so special and why the basketball program, if they get somebody in there who is a right leader can turn it around on a dime because if kids think like that, I know for damn sure that alumni will think like that. It goes back to the, the premise of the question with your, your walk and talk, you know, if you let people in, people will come. Maybe, you know, you give it for free to the students, even in the cold, they'll show up. Be interesting to see if you lowered the ticket prices for everyone, would people show up? I am pretty uh, aware now because I'm putting together the how to watch. And they're straight out of Tom Gilbert's notes. I mean, I'm not writing anything. I'm just taking notes and reconfiguring them into a format for us. But one of them is tickets. And so I paste in there how you can get tickets, even for the road. So and it lists the prices, and I'm I'm like, hold on, tickets at Texas are five bucks or whatever, you know. And here it's like twenty, ten. I I don't know. I I believe this that Wednesday night proved my point with what I said on the walk and talk. If you offered the one dollar ticket deal for the rest of the season, like you've done with women, people won't show up. And Wednesday night affirmed that because it was cold. I'm not going to show up even if it's free, even if I – because there was plenty of tickets. You didn't have to buy a ticket that game. You had a friend who wasn't going, and nobody showed up. I'm not criticizing anyone from outlying areas for not coming to town. I'm saying people in Manhattan, Wamego, Junction, a little circle here, that was eliminating the students. That was a bad high school crowd. Mm Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have filled up Manhattan Ice Gym with it. I don't. They announced fifty eight hundred. I'm guessing it was closer to three. Half of them were students. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. If Half of the more. people were there were. And, s- and what I did was I counted approximately how many students were in each row, how many rows, and I came up with less than three thousand. And then I doubled it for the alumni, and 
I came up with less than 3,000 people were in the game. I believe that. And I, that might still be optimistic. It, it, it was horrible. Next question comes from Cole Carmody 52 That's me. What? Who is that? <sighs> okay. Adrian Martinez mentioned not running as much in his press conference. He, mis- he mentioned throwing it more than the previous playbook. The staff signed a legitimate gunslinger in Adrian Lara. Will Colin Klein's offense be more up-tempo and quote-unquote West Coast? No, it won't be West Coast. He is going to do, I, I said this to you, it's going to be the Chiefs offense. Now, maybe the level of creativity sometimes with Andy is off the hook, and then he loses his way in the second half of important games. <clears throat> but I saw glimpses of it at the bowl game. And the one I saw was the was it the third or fourth down where they threw the little mm-hmm. the shovel pass. Yeah, the shovel pass. Is it Ben Sennett, if I remember right? Either way. Yeah. I mean, if executed properly, you're not stopping that play because all the other eye candy in that play picked off the assignment of the guy that would have to cover Ben Sennett. And I'm not worried about Ben Sennett. I'm worried about Deuce Vaughn. I'm worried about Skyler. I'm worried about Malik Knowles. I'm worried about everyone but this guy. And it wasn't meant to go for 50 yards. It was meant to go for two. And that's what it did. But, yeah, I think Colin's going to be creative. I think he's going to have some fun. Not everything will work. Not all games will be good, but I do think, you know, Adrian Martinez said they're going to run more spread. Now, we immediately instinctively think, oh, they're going to throw the ball. No, I think Colin's going to run it out of that. He's going to spread you out and line up and run the quarterback out of the spread. I mean, K-State did that this year. Yeah. They had empty looks. Yeah, I think that's – I think the spread um, is about – Exactly that. It's about creating space in one-on-one matchups. And we typically think of it with receivers. I'm going to dump it out here. Now that guy's got to stop that guy, and we're banking my guys better. But it also does in the running game. I got the read that Colin Klein is going to be the aggressor. It felt like with Courtney Messingham, if the football game was a boxing match, he was waiting to get hit, waiting to get hit, and then he counterattack. Right? Sometimes it worked. I, this is good, yeah. But I think Colin Klein is going to come out swinging. He's going to be the guy. He's going to go on the attack early. He's going to be the one that if they stop it, okay, we'll make adjustments. But we're going to have a game plan, and this is how we're going to attack them. We're going to expose their weaknesses because that's what – when you run that that offense, when you run an up-tempo offense, he specifically mentioned it's going to be more up-tempo than last year. That is huge. And you have a guy in Adrian Martinez who can do more. When he's healthy, he can do more than Skyler. And I love Skyler Thompson. But Adrian Martinez is more of a legitimate NFL quarterback than Skylar Thompson is. And Skylar Thompson is getting NFL attention in this um, in this draft cycle. So, yeah, I think that – I think it's going to look – I don't want to say completely different because I think some of the schemes might be the same. But how the offense feels is going to be different. I I really believe that. And I think they're going to throw the ball more than they did with, with, with Skylar. Partly because I think, like I mentioned, Adrian Martinez is maybe a little bit better quarterback – but I also think it makes Deuce Vaughn that much more better. Oh, I agree. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And if Adrian Martinez is healthy, um, I think K-State will be able to put him in better positions. And it's so weird as someone who's been a lifelong K-Stater to say that about Nebraska football. The only thing that has surprised me in the offseason is Kansas State hasn't had more Nebraska transfers. I think that's coming. I think it will, too. I would have never, ever guessed Scott Frost would struggle the way he has. But it isn't just about wins and losses. It sounds like it's about the locker room. They have all, starting with Cade Warner, talked about the culture and how good it is to be in a place like this. That is a shot at Nebraska. Did you catch that when I think it was, I don't know. I I think actually I may have asked the question to to Adrian. I was like, what do you think about K-State? Before you got here. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, Kate is texting me and telling me how awesome this place is. And to to me, I read it as he was ready to get out of there. Mm -hmm. And he may have been ready to get out of there for longer than we thought. He just felt like he had to stick around. But I think it was pretty obvious. He knew at the end of the year where he was going to go. He can say, oh, I was looking to go here. He was coming to K-State. If they wanted him, he was coming here. Mm -hmm. 
So girlfriend might have something to do with that. Yeah, I like how he danced around the the girlfriend thing early on because I think you asked and it was like, oh, "What do you think of Manhattan?" And coming here is like, "Oh, da 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 da." And then someone asked later, "Is like, oh yeah, my girlfriend goes here." Yeah. <laughs> well, and but this emphasizes exactly what Chris Kleiman has talked about, and other coaches have. People have a perceived notion of Manhattan, Kansas. Some guy named Jeff Ketchup does, and I don't I don't know where that came from because he's never come here. Nobody's ever seen him in Manhattan. He acts like he's an expert on it. There's a beat writer for Fort Worth who's taking shots at Manhattan who probably stays at a courtyard or something every time he comes and never leaves his room. The people who actually come to Manhattan and go out to eat and meet the people and hang out a little bit freaking love it. They love it. And so – Coach Clement's so right. The camps are such a tool for them mm. to get people here and experience it. And I think Adrian Martinez is the same way. He came down to see his girlfriend, expecting just to come down. I'm going to see my girlfriend. And, you know, she lives someplace that I'm not familiar with. And I don't know. And he goes, honestly, to Aggieville. And he meets the students. He meets people. He gets the vibe. Uh, Lincoln and Manhattan have a different vibe. Lincoln's a city. It is. It's a city, and their bar district is intertwined with business district, and it's a little more like Lawrence and how it's set up. Aggieville's for the students for the most part. I mean, there's adult bars there. We go down there, but, you know, if you really want to be away from the students, you go downtown. There's like a separate area, or you go out west where we need more bars, hint, hint. But, um, yeah, there's just a cool vibe about Aggieville, the student experience, and every adult, every, like, fan I talk to, um, when they come into town, they're like, do you guys realize what you have with this? This is so cool that you've got all these bars and restaurants and this whole area where fans can congregate and students can congregate. And I'm like, yes, I am aware of it. Most of us are aware of it. The people that aren't aware of it run the city of Manhattan. Right? Right. Huh? They think it's a hellhole. They mm-hmm. think it's the worst place on earth. think we need to assign more police down there because there's so much crime. And yeah, bad things happen. Bad things happen anytime Everywhere. you have a congregation of a large number of people. Things things will happen, particularly when you put in alcohol. But it's a really cool area, and it's just one of the things that makes Manhattan cool. And when people come and actually take the time to enjoy Manhattan, they like it. Next question from Wyatt Bowlinger, fifteen. How many portal players do you expect the staff to add to the roster prior to camp in addition to the five that are already currently committed? And what positions do you expect them to make the additions at? I'm assuming he's meaning fall camp. Yeah. Or summer. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. Because I, I'm telling you, folks, there'll be on a, on a whole nother wave across college football of guys leaving. Yeah. Nobody's coming in right now. No. And because it's school started almost everywhere. I don't know what trimesters what they have. I don't know what their schedule is. Which anyhow, people they'll go into spring football and two things will happen. A player will say, Well, I'm really nowhere closer to be on the field than I was a year ago. I need to get out of here. Or honestly, and bluntly put, this is something that K State coaches need to do more of. They need to make kids realize, look, we brought you in, hoping you could develop. We're not seeing that progress. You probably need to go somewhere else to get on the field because it's not going to be here unless you make miraculous progress really quickly. And you'll see guys leave. In this era, you need to open up spots. Those 85 right now because of the COVID year are gold. You've got to open them up. And so we're going to see a whole other wave of going and coming and whatever you want to say. Three. That's what I'm going. They're going to add three. That's what I was going to say to you. I'll say three and one will be a wide receiver. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to add. After hearing that all the guys are coming back, Sebastian and Cade and, you know, Malik, there's just ongoing rumors that he's, well, he, there's not rumors. He talks about leaving to his friends and teammates. Every year he's done this and he comes back. Philip Brooks coming back apparently. So, yeah, I think they're, I feel confident. wise, they're not going to do it. They can't. I feel confident in saying everybody that we think is going to be at the receiver position will be back. And I think having Adrian Martinez is why. Now, do I think, would I like if they added a high-profile stud out there? Yeah, I would. But I, I think they're really focusing right now on managing their numbers at positions. And they needed the linebackers. They brought two in. I think they probably still feel like they need someone on the back end of the defense. Nose tackle. Uh, do they? Yeah. 
They may need one, but Tallini leaving loses some flexibility. I feel comfortable with a two deep of Huggins and Pickle. I really do. Well, I feel comfortable with that. But you get beyond that. How often do you make it through a year with two nose tackles without needing a third one? I know they said Hintz was coming back, and I don't know positionally if schematically he's that good of a fit. But he's he's not a bad player. He's very serviceable. But I, I almost think if you're going to get somebody, you got to get somebody like Tolini who can play inside and outside. Kind of like Pickle. Third position is running back. Now that they struck out, unless they can find someone late. And, and Chris Kleiman's right. Because of the pileup of scholarships, fewer high school guys are getting offers, and there's more available talent out there. In the past, you had talent out there that probably was non-Power 5, but then they could play up to Power 5 eventually if they developed right. I think there's guys out there that that can play right now. Then maybe it's grades. Maybe they have grade issues, and then they'll pop up and be eligible, and they'll get a summer offer. But I think they'll end up trying to find a young guy in the portal that can add running back depth. I think it's crazy that they talk about it being hard to find a running back because you have Deuce. And it's like, well, what if Deuce gets hurt? You become the guy. Yeah. That's not a selling point that the coaches can say. Sure. But at least I don't think you can say, hey, what if he gets hurt? You don't want to be the number two. You don't want to talk about you don't want to talk about your guys getting hurt as a sales pitch to get a kid to come to well come play for you. I think a sales pitch is but we use Deuce in other ways in running back. mm -hmm. We can and that's one of my ongoing criticisms of how Courtney Messingham used those guys. How rarely did he put Irvin and Deuce on the field together? And if he had found ways to do that, Joe Irvin would be the backup running back still. You got to find ways to get guys carries, even if you have a star. It it frustrates me, but I think they will go ahead. So positions we think running back, you say receiver. I say receiver. Safety or corner. Probably safety. Uh, corner, probably. You think corner? Actually, I, I think if they could find another Reggie Stubblefield, they'd be all over that. Mm-hmm. And then are we going to say, I think they need an interior offensive lineman because you do lose Noah Johnson. Podia comes back from injury, but you're not 100% sure on that. And then you lose Adler. Um, or excuse me, you lose Revis. So I know they like those young guys, but I wouldn't be opposed to bringing in like a grad transfer who can compete for the job. If he gets it, great. If he doesn't, then he's just depth. Actually, like, I don't think I don't think he'd be in here. I think they'd want to find – if they could find a frontline tackle that'd be here for two or three years, they would move BB inside in a heartbeat. Fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll take that as well. I agree. Uh, next question from Dur, Yeah, What's one position that we all worried about now, but come season time could be one of our strongest positions? I believe this is going to be our first or our last question of the first half as well. Okay. Um, what are we going to worry about, but it'll be okay? I, I'm going to say receiver. I, I think receiver. And I think the quarterback is a big reason to that. Um, just simply because... It's in the bowl game. Yeah. And and in this offense that Colin Klein ran in the, in the bowl game... You didn't have to be that good of a receiver to catch the ball, to to make plays. Like we can sit here and talk about Malik Knowles until we're blue in the face. There's no denying that the kid has kid has talent, but he's not an all conference receiver, right? With that being said, they have enough guys at that position that can be serviceable, that can get open, that can make plays. Look at what Shabaston Taylor did when he was healthy in 2020. He was a he was a difference maker. Yeah, he's good. There's no guarantee that he's going to be able to come back to that form. But if you get a receiving core of Taylor, of Knowles, of Warner, of Brooks, those are four solid receivers. And we're not even throwing in the R.J. Garcias, the Keenan Garbers, who they're so high on. Like, to me, that position is receiver. Just the receiver, yeah, it feels worrying. And that's why I say, you know, I think that's where they bring in a transfer. Just it feels so stale. They've had the same guys, and it's not necessarily their fault that it feels stale, but they've been around for so long, and just the way the offense has gone, you know, through 2020 and the pandemic here, last season, just the offensive struggles that way, and the over-reliance of Deuce to an extent, it just feels like there needs to be something new and fresh about the wide receivers, and if they don't bring somebody in, and if one of these freshmen, a redshirt freshman like RJ Garcia, you know, if they don't step up, you know, what, what are you doing with the position group? You know, it's just, it's, I'm worried about it, but I don't feel comfortable saying that it could be the strongest position because even if it stays the same, I don't think it's going to be the strongest. If I had to pick some, something that, you know, I'm worried about that 
could be strong, probably linebacker. You know, they they're you get you get Daniel Green back, but who else you you got back there? But you got some new guys. You know, you got new guys that you know maybe they could emerge. But like this last season, you know, Cody Fletcher. We were worried about linebacker. We were worried, and and it was it turned out fine. Yeah. So I feel like that's gonna be my answer again this year, just because there's some definite question marks. But you know, if past performances says anything, and if if the linebackers develop and and show up like they did this last year, could be okay. See, I actually think they're deeper at linebacker, but that's just me. I I don't really have an answer to this because I'm not overly concerned about anything. I mean, that doesn't say. I'm not meaning that to mean I, I think they're going to be awesome, but I'm not like really stressing over any position. But my answer would be backup running back, not necessarily the position. You got Deuce Vaughn for God's sakes. I think they're going to be fine. They'll find someone, or someone will step. They'll, they'll be fine. And I have come to the belief that unless you're special like Deuce, like the NFL has discovered, you can find running backs. Joe Irvin was a good running back. By the end of the day, he ended up at Middle Tennessee State, which is probably where he belongs. You can find good running backs, but to be special, to have that extra little wiggle like Deuce has is something you can't coach or develop. You just got to have it. And so I think they're going to be fine at running back. They'll find someone. They will. Look what happened. When Kleiman came in, they had no running backs. Literally none on scholarship. They had to put a walk-on named Trotter on, which is a horrible name for a running back, uh, on to what? scholarship. It's a perfect name. No, you don't want to trot. You want to you be Harry Sprinter. Trot's fine. Harry, knock your ass it's over. It's not Walker. It's, he's not Harry Walker. Oh, that'd be bad. But they were fine. They went out the portal. This is what the portal's done. And, and K-Staters are familiar with it. They saw Bill Snyder do it with the JUCO ranks. But that has now kind of changed. And I don't think you can count on JUCO players the same level that you used to be able to for whatever reason. The portal now means you don't have to plan ahead for problems. You don't have to realize that your receivers are a little bit stale and you're going to be in trouble in 23. You can say, okay, we're fine for 22. We've got enough numbers. We're okay. We're good. We're good. We got guys. We're good. Twenty three. We might be decimated, and they will be. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. about almost all of the guy we mentioned will be gone. Everybody. They'll go into the portal at semester and get two guys at least to add in to the Garbers and the Garcias and anyone else that they they're trying to develop. The portal changes all of it. You can get ready to plug and play players like free agency. It's it truly changed the game. You know, I will add kickers pretty suspect right now too. I think. I bet who Ty knows? Zintner does it. Too. Who, I bet Ty who, Zintner does it all. Who knows who the kicker's going to be next year? It wouldn't surprise. But it me also if Zintner did it all. It also could certainly, if they find the right person in the right groove, it could become one of the strongest positions. Right. So. That's it for the first half of this Powercat Questions podcast. We'll be back on the other side with more of the questions from Wabash Station, sponsored by Fritchell's Hill Liquor. GoPowerCat.com's Powercat podcast continues after this short break. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. 
Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast. Second one of the week, because we love you. And we also love the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, our sponsor. If you go in there, say, I love you, and they'll say, please leave our store. They might ask you to tone it down a little bit and put your clothes on. Not that I'm speaking from experience, but get into the fridge whenever you're in town. Fitz, Zach, Coles, right here, we all have Z's in our name. That's what goes on with that, Gills and Coles. They're required to have Z's. Right here in the GPC studios with two incredibly well-behaved dogs, Jinx. Knock on wood, yeah. Yep. Here we go. More of your questions from Wildbuy Station. Take it away, Cole. From Claws Out, Balls Out. Original thought was the transfer portal would help developmental programs by filling in pieces of instant need. Now it seems detrimental because guys aren't sticking around long enough to be developed. How do we keep guys around if they aren't seeing the field early on? Well, I think for the most part, the guys that have moved on weren't going to see the field. And honestly, I think the worst loss in the offseason would be T. Denson because it looked like he was going to get there. I don't think he was ever going to get there, at least not where they wanted him for next season. So I think he realized I need to get a fresh start somewhere. And maybe that's all it is. Maybe you need to go somewhere else to have a different coach go, yeah, this is what you need to and push the right button. So sometimes it's just where you're at, not who you are. Mark Smith, perfect example. I think this question is more based, if you were to ask this question, this doesn't concern K-State as much as it would like an Oklahoma See, or an Ohio State or an Alabama. Like that, those, those programs should be worrying about trying to keep, keep kids around for not playing. I don't think K-State, if you lose a kid, you can probably get somebody who's better than he is in, in the portal. Or at least is good in right. the portal. But th- my thing with the portal, and at least in the context of K-State, is when K-State loses a kid to the portal, they're not going up. They're going down. They aren't, going, they aren't even going equal. It's not even like Nebraska kids going to K-State. You know, at least that's equal. T. Denson going to Purdue might be the only quote-unquote lateral move, and I think it's pretty safe to say that that's not even a lateral move. Josh Youngblood going to Rutgers was a Power 5 move to a dreadful Power 5. I mean, that's like transferring to KU. It is. And he's not done a thing. No. I mean, there hasn't been a single K-State success story from the portal since its inception a couple seasons ago. You could right a guy that went elsewhere. A guy that went elsewhere to hire to hire up anywhere. I I think you could as much as we want to talk about Jonathan Alexander. He had a nice season for Charlotte this this year. Now, rather that translates anything, I don't know. But well, the thing about Alexander was nobody ever questioned his physical ability. The guys are free. Yeah, he's also a goober. <laughs> I mean, they, he he was disruptive in the locker room. And he's just odd. Not somebody you'd want to keep around. Like bringing your sledgehammer to a press conference. You're telling me that wasn't the most fun you've ever had in a press conference? Oh, my God. <laughs> what, what are you doing? It, it was such a look at me type thing that really bothered me. But I'm an old guy. So you don't think losing Joe Irvin was the biggest transfer portal? I would say that would in be the, the context biggest. of K-State. That's yes. a bad loss. Right. But you didn't lose him to OU. You didn't lose him to USC. You didn't I mean, K-State did lose technically somebody to USC, but that was that's just that odd. was weird. If he plays well and if he plays well and becomes we were talking about this off the air. If he becomes all conference, Pac twelve, whatever, yeah, K State lost one. But it came from a position where he wasn't gonna be playing anyway. So are you really that mad about it? And in talking to another head coach it was about his JUCO film. I mean, he was highly regarded coming out of JUCO. So I think they are looking at him like, well, he just didn't fit in at Kansas State. He's going to be great for us. I don't know. So is keeping them as simple as playing them? Like, do you have to play Joe Irvin no. more or well, does it just matter? Yeah, you did, yeah playing him, yes. But um, valuing them is probably a better way to describe it. And that can be translated into playing. I said that earlier. They'd found ways to get Joe Irvin on the field with Deuce more often, and he's feeling more included. 
more like he's important to the offense and not just a relief guy, he probably would have stayed. I do. I would agree that I think losing Joe is bad because he did fit into the offense. He did have skills that worked well. But like Zach's saying, he went to Middle Tennessee. He didn't. He didn't end up in a Power Five school. That you know, he didn't go to Indiana or something. So we'll see how it all works out. But so far, the guys, a vast majority of the guys that are leaving, are guys that simply weren't going to play here. Mm-hmm. They weren't. They weren't developing. Look, when you come into a program as a developmental player, nobody tells you that. But if you're regarded to be that, the only obligation isn't necessarily from coach to player. It's from player to coach. And if they don't feel like you're invested or you're going to get yourself there, you're going to pay the price, get them off a scholarship. They're too valuable. And I'm not criticizing anyone who's transferred. I'm saying that is part of what's going on here. Well, sticking on the transfer topic, next question comes from, again, a random guy named Cole Carmody 52 oh, Man, this guy. Uh, I don't know. He asked some stupid questions, but I guess this one was good enough to be in the podcast. Um, which transfer will win a starting position in spring ball, if any? Not Adrian because he's injured. <laughs> sure. Well, we don't have to count him. I guess it, between Honus, um, Jennings, I'll be, I'll be surprised if Jennings isn't the other starter. I, I agree. I mean, physically. I mean, yeah. Now, you can wonder if he's actually going to fit into the locker room, and we'll, we'll find out. Um, let's see here. Or so, Robinson. I forgot him. Right. So we're talking about Josh Hayes. He, he, it'll be him. Actually, I think he'll play this double field role. That's just my feeling. They're telling him he can play some corner and safety. And I'm like, they just described the stubble field role. <laughs> um, Will Honus, he's still on the mend a little bit. Jennings, Martinez, Sean Robinson. And I'm, I don't question Sean Robinson's athletic ability, but the reviews of him as a safety at Missouri were not shining. So I think they're going to have to carve out the right niche for him. But, and again, that might be just as simple as having a coach recognize Oh, you're not good at free. You need to be close to the ball. You need to do this. And maybe he will be that Stubblefield role. He's a big kid. He is huge. It's kind of Stubblefield was actually too small for that role. Yeah. You can go cover just a little bit and you can go up and hit. That yeah, might be him too. So let me let me ask you guys this. What were your impressions of the transfers? Because this was our first time talking to them. Like I mean, them all. I, um, I was very impressed with Josh Hayes. I think he's gonna be a player. Mm-hmm. And good. and I think and I I think Jennings as well. I mean I I was super high on him when I saw that K State got him talent wise, right? And you know who knows if it'll work, but the fact that you got another linebacker just in case in Will Honus, if mm-hmm. Jennings doesn't work, you have a guy you can go to because guys, I'm being I'm gonna be honest here. I don't think Nick Allen is that bad of a backup. No, he really developed this year. You watch Nick Allen and even Austin Moore. Those two guys played a lot last year, but. They're not. They should not have to be rotational pieces, but as backups, right. they're fine. Right. So I think you got yourself a little bit of leeway by having these three guys who can turn into elite linebackers. I I fully believe K State could have the best linebacking core in the Big Twelve. I really believe that. Well, Honus fits the life is weird thing. I mean, he's from Wichita. I played at Butler. K State virtually had him and lost him to Nebraska. And he said, I just wasn't comfortable that Coach Snyder would be around. So Nebraska played that card. It worked, and they were right. Um, eventually, you're going to be right on that one. He, couldn't, he can't coach forever. And now he's back at K-State. As you just never know how life's going to work out. I, I feel good about the group, but picking out a starter right now, eh. Are you worried that they only brought in one offensive player, Adrian Martinez? Mm-mm. Mm. I mean, I think they'll get a running back. I, I don't think they feel – I. I kind of feel like they believe their young developmental linemen, to get back to that part, are going to get there. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's one in particular that physically may not be able to put on the weight to get there, but I think they feel like everyone is going to get there. And, you know, that they've brought in some good kids along the line. Connor Riley recruits well. And you can The only consistent recruiting has really been along the line. Ryan will also tell you they've taken too many chances on guys putting on weight because that's not a guarantee. Not everyone can do it. I make it look easy. I understand. Some of us have gifts. Mine is putting on weight. Some guys just can eat and eat and eat and not put on weight, and I hate them all. I hate them all. I hate them all. I mean, the guys they we talked to yesterday, 
I mean, they really do feel like they fit in at K State. Mm-hmm. You know, when Chris Kleiman says, "Oh, you're going to love these guys," you know, he's right. <laughs> he was right. Yeah. He's you know, there's there's a certain type of of player and person that Chris Kleiman likes to to recruit and bring you know in as transfers. You know, the last transfer class. They were great last year, and I think it's it's much of the same here. So you know that that you know whoever become I don't remember what the question was. Um, Starters, yeah. You know who's going to start? I, you know I think there's there'll be a couple. You know I don't think it's going to be just one. You know I think that there'll be a couple guys, and and really they're almost filling in the slots that they brought in transfers last year. It's really kind of interesting to see. Hey, you know there's kind of these carved out positions that are. Hey, that's a transfer player you know, slot them in and it's just kind of be maybe becoming a thing. That's what's interesting to me, but they, they were nice to talk to really likable guys. I think K-State fans will like them. Next question comes from myself. Once again, Cole Carmody 52. Are you concerned with KU's recruiting improving? How far are they from consistently beating out K-State for recruits? They beat K-State out for recruits throughout the Les miles era. It's not about getting good players, about what you do with them. Now, I'll say this. I'm not worried about what KU's recruiting. I'm worried that I think Lance Leipold's actually a damn good coach. I'm worried about him and what he's going to put together with those recruits. Because Les Miles proved it. I mean, you can go get players. You can go get some really good players. But if they don't have a role, they don't fit in, they don't get coached, they don't, whatever he was doing wrong, they, your end product sucks. I think Leipold will improve them. I think eventually, though, KU's downfall will be exactly what, for some miracle, K-State avoided with Bill Snyder, that the project of rebuilding the program will be so exhausting that eventually someone will offer you a job that doesn't have those daunting challenges. I'm not worried about KU football as a long-standing problem for K-State or anyone in the Big 12 until they address facilities, until they get a better stadium situation, better better press box, plumbing. Plumbing's nice. Plumbing's something we've had in Manhattan, <laughs> Kansas for many years, and they don't have it at their football stadium, mm. apparently, at least on one side. Um, so, I mean, that's the real issue for Kansas. They don't want to pay the price to be good in football. They want to hire the guy and hope he's a miracle worker. But Bill Snyder didn't do it alone. They started sticking money into football like crazy and changed the whole landscape. What was the price to be paid for that at Kansas State? You can look at Bramlage Coliseum and say that was the price. Because Lon Kruger saw it, saw the money going out. They were so far beyond behind in spending money on basketball. Lon Kruger was wanting a practice facility in the late 80s, early 90s, and got, went nowhere with it. So he eventually left. And you talk about why he left, but he wasn't going to stay if the school wasn't committed to basketball in more of a not just vocal way, but financial way. And I think that's smart. KU's not changing that equation. They can't change that equation. Would that be a gamble that could pay off in the end? Well, if they remained pretty good in basketball, but really good in football, they don't want to pay that price. They want to remain a blue bud in basketball, even if it costs them any respectability in football. They don't want to give up one inch of basketball success to donate it to greater success, even if it's a a greater magnitude of success in football. That's not their culture. That's not what they want. They will not pay the price to be good in football outside of lip service, new paint, and hiring a new coach every three years. What I can totally see happening is this. KU goes four and eight. Then they go five and seven. Then they make a bowl game at six and six, and they feel like they're starting to get things rolling. And then NC State calls Lance Leipold. Hey, do you want to come? Yes. And here's what we're getting ready to build. Right. Especially if they haven't invested anything. If he can get it slightly turned around and they still haven't invested anything, you can sit here as a fan and say you like KU football all you want. But until you consistently go to the games and prove that you're just as – you always talk about it. Those jersey t-shirt fans 
until they go to the football games too, you're not going to have anything. The biggest thing that Kansas should be worried about in their rivalry with Kansas State isn't that K-State might get good in basketball again or that K-State continues to be notably better in football. Folks, you're getting your ass kicked in something you claim to be better at, and that's spending money. You want to think you're the rich institution because you have the lawyers and doctors and all those alumni who have been successful. Well, take a gander down the road at what's being done in Manhattan, Kansas. Getting ready to build not a metal shed of a bas- or a volleyball facility. It's going to be a legitimate building with an Olympic performance center. New indoor track, which will be a metal building. But all of these things, there's so much construction going on here. And oh, by the way, they're not going into debt. It's all donor money. On campus as well. I think yeah, that's important. right. Folks, you're getting your ass kicked in something you think you're superior at, and that's being elitist. You're getting outspent by the farm people. Let that stick in your jaw a little bit. You're getting outspent by the hicks. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you, Fitz. Until KU builds a proper game day football facility, I'm not worried about right. KU recruiting. They can't sustain it. They can't sustain it. I don't understand how they can convince anybody to go there and 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 stay and just have just crap the biggest around. Thing, the biggest thing he did was I thought they'd get hit by the transfer portal more. He did a nice job retaining. That tells me there's, they're developing a culture there that they haven't had. I, th- I think he's a very good coach. Building facilities, pay him money, and and uh, invest in football, and then I'll worry about you. Last question of the podcast comes from KNED. That's pretty long, so strap in your seatbelt. Here we go. <clears throat> K-State currently sells jerseys with the two-digit year to say it represents the year, not the player. 2022 is where your year meets NIL and the most beloved consensus All-American player the school has seen in a while. When number 22 jersey sales greatly exceed the average of sales for other year numbers, does Deuce Vaughn have an NIL argument that, regardless of year representation policy, these additional sales are due to him? If K-State orders more jerseys than normal or markets them more, don't they have to explain the reason for the anticipated higher sales? If he were to push the issue, would K-State... Look bad claiming it is a year when everyone knows that 99% of people think they are buying a Deuce Vaughn jersey and the other 1% thinks it's a Daniel Green jersey. That would have been me as a kid. Hey, it's no, it's not an L. Roberson jersey. It's whoever the other number three on defense is. Yeah. I, first, Knet, I appreciate it. I think it's overthinking it a little bit because Deuce Vaughn can sell his own jersey. I mean, if he really wants NIL stuff... I mean, he can't stop K State from selling a K State jersey that shows twenty two. But I, mean, I, think, I think they can't. they've they've done they've sold the the year number for so many consecutive years that if Deuce Vaughn actually was going to sue the university, he wouldn't be playing at K State anymore because he'd be transferring right. because he'd be so upset. Right. You know, it's I. I would encourage I, Deuce to do exactly what we've seen Nigel Pack do, but do it on. Steroids, for lack of a better. Can you answer. can you use <laughs> have your own? You can't use the Powercat logo though. No, he could license it if he wanted yeah, to. He could license it like anyone else can. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if it gets a pr- if if all of his designs, if he wants to put the Powercat on any of his designs, and if he's willing to pay the licensing fee, which really, if you're selling merch, you know, the fifteen percent or whatever the cut is, it isn't that bad to to give the university and as long as the university approves the designs he could use it do you think they would complain about that if they're selling a number 22 nameless jersey and deuce vaughn has the exact same jersey only it's probably nicer material and it has vaughn on the back because i could totally see the university not going for that which i have nothing to say about it that's what nil is all about i know but that's that's my point if the university complains about deuce theoretically wanting to do this you're not helping your student no, athletes you're not and you're if not he was get student athletes if you really wanted to get into like contracts and stuff they probably wouldn't let do sell a jersey with a power cat on it because of the deal with nike they wouldn't license it they wouldn't license the logo to that but for that him alone to sell is himself. a bad look mm-hmm. i think players should be able to sell their own jerseys. but it just came out today that i think fanatics just bought some company or they're going to run something where 
players will be able to put their names on jerseys and take a cut. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know who's, you know, I doubt K-State or whoever else is going to be in on that the market for now. But there is, yeah. The market will fix these type of things. And eventually someone will put put up a sports platform for player athletes to have stores. Zach, want to work on that? Yeah. I'm sorry, but Deuce Vaughn should be able to go into Walmart and see a purple K-State shirt that has the Power Cat right here, even if it's champion. Right. And have 22 on the front, 22 on the back, and have it say Vaughn. I guarantee you people would buy that. I guarantee you people would buy that. I don't know. People would. I don't know how many. I, putting I think it in, you, I putting think in large scale production. If, if you're Deuce Vaughn, I'd rather just have the university let them put my name on it and sell it themselves. Yeah, that'd be the better move. Right. I don't want to. If you're, if you're trying to create a brand for yourself, I wouldn't want to sell secondhand no, t shirt. With my number and name on it, you know, I can go put a whole bunch of tape on a T-shirt. Now, and, I, I and might put a sell. Number, you know. I might sell twenty-two twenty-two T-shirts with my signature on mm-hmm. it. Something the university couldn't do. Mm-hmm. That might sell. Not, you know, I don't know. I the NIL is such a weird place. Like I, I pitched this on uh, one of my daily deliveries. What would stop if a group of alumni wanted to get together and form a nonprofit to promote? Kansas State University in some way, almost like a political pack. You know, politicians aren't aren't uh, reliable f- or aren't held accountable for what the PACs put mm-hmm. out there. They put it out in their name, but it's separate from their campaign. That's kind of how I v- view the NIL and and what could be going on here. Why why if I could raise like ten million dollars? Well, the, let's use a thirty million dollars for that. Supposedly Texas A&M raised. <laughs> and Jimbo says they didn't. Anyhow, let's say that. I mean, if you put that into um, invest it and you can have an endowment and you can spend, I don't know, let's say half a million dollars a year for for kids to use their social media to promote Kansas State University to reach new students. Mm-hmm. I'm currently representing the Purple Foundation. Come check out Kansas State University. There is absolutely nothing, as far as I know, in the NIL that would stop donors from giving money to that foundation to separate to promote as independently. We want you as as people to go to Kansas State. And meanwhile, the student athletes are getting paid to do it. For just using not even we're not talking about buying airtime or anything else unless someone out there wanted to donate airtime. We're just talking about leveraging your social media as it exists, and I, I pitch this to K-State. Shane Porter has a huge following on TikTok. He's now over, he's like at 1.2 million now. That's a lot. That's a lot. He's added a lot. That's approximately 1.2 million more than I have. And that's approximately 1.2 million high school girls. You got it. Almost all of his audience are aspiring college students, and why the foundation, if they can, the foundation is independent of the university technically, hire him in an NIL agreement to promote different aspects of the university, and he gets paid. Now, look, Shane's not a high-profile athlete, but he would do it. I mean, he's an entertaining kid. That's how he's built his TikTok. He's got a personality. Why couldn't someone hire him to leverage his followers, and every couple weeks he has another TikTok. I'm now at this part of this school. I didn't know Kansas State did that. I'm living Massachusetts, and I love Shane. I'm going to go to Kansas State. Because that would happen. It would absolutely happen. That kind of gets us full circle about how athletics is not using technology the full way that they, we think they should. There we go. Folks, we just solved everything. Knet, great question. I mean, it is, there are so many layers to the NIL. It just blows your mind. What I think the next thing that should happen in NIL is probably like Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, whoever, just creating college affiliate, not, not necessarily affiliate, but just saying, hey, you can become one of our athletes, mm. maybe get a little bit of cash, but you're getting product as your deal. And that goes against university deals, but you could probably argue that those are severable from the contract. Just saying, hey, you know, 
the athletes now with NIL, they can have their own deals and do whatever they want. If they want to wear Adidas and wear a Nike school, we can't stop them anymore. I could totally see that happening and just, you know, because if, if you're if you got a player like Deuce Vaughn and you're Adidas or Under Armour, why not pay him a little bit of money to wear your shoes and wear your stuff? How about Crocs? The kids love Crocs these days. I don't well, get it. I, I'm I'm dead serious about it. I don't get it either. But they're comfy. Felix and Yudike no. Uzama would wear Crocs to the media room, and there were different ones every time. <laughs> yeah. This is a guy that's turning pretty high profile. Likes wearing Crocs. I joked about it, and guess what happened? He was banned from wearing it. He had to wear only K State approved stuff. I'm like, what? You're really worrying about this? And I get it. You don't want him bringing in like, you know, like he said, like an Adidas jersey or something. You know, I kind of get it. You want K-State stuff, but they're freaking Crocs, man. If the media are filming your feet, there's some issues. Well, I've done that. I did take photos of the Crocs, but none of it will top the trade of Sean Jorts. So maybe this is where Rex Ryan got his feet. Oh, this podcast took a turn. Cole just drove us down a bad, dark, disturbing alley. Thanks for listening to the Powercat Questions podcast. I am Fitz. We, uh, man, it's been a long week. Yes, yesterday, as we record this, would be Wednesday. Today's Thursday. Was a long day. Zach was at the basketball arena until things got. It was weird. like midnight. Things got weird. We'll just leave it at that thing. Things got weird. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.